Hey friends, it's Melvin. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Here's just a few quick things I wanted to notify you guys about before we get started. First up, very soon, new episodes will be releasing Wednesday mornings rather than Tuesday. So don't panic if you don't see a new episode on Tuesday. Just wait a little longer and you'll see it in your feed. Second, we've introduced a mailbag. Check those show notes and toward the bottom you'll see a mailbag link. You'll then be able to text us any questions you might have about movies, the movie industry, or any movie-slash-Christian-related questions you might have. Then we'll respond in a future episode, so send us your questions now. Up next, Patreon polls, which are available to Patreon supporters at the $3 tier or higher, have been updated. Supporters can now suggest films or shows to be reviewed at the end of each month. The two most liked submissions will become the options for the Patreon poll, so if you want to hear us talk about your favorite movie or show, join our Patreon and start campaigning. And lastly, whether you're a new or long-time listener, please consider writing a review or rating the Cinematic Doctrine podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Apart from financially supporting on Patreon, these are the two most helpful ways to support the show. And that's it. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to Cinematic Doctrine. Hey, if you just press play, uh, we keep doing this, man. We are unhinged, but we just did another 50 minutes of talking about a subject matter. And, and this one in particular was just really exciting because both of us are pretty passionate about physical media. I have become more passionate about it as we podcasted together and and things like that. I think there was a time where I was less interested in this, but um, we talked about physical media, uh, kind of something we just decided after the HBO Max news where David Zaslav just removed original content for HBO Max from the service, which I watched Moonshot. It was quite nice. Uh, it was a sweet movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's still available on Voodoo, so you can check it out. But we talked about special features, curation. Um, we talked about stuff like Scream Factory 101, Arrow, Criterion, all that stuff. Even older ones like Vista I briefly mentioned, as both of us own a copy of Unbreakable for that. And just how cool these things are. They add history. They add stuff like that. Mm. You can hear 50 minutes of us talking about various special features and stuff like that and the importance of it. And why going to thrift stores is really exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. By supporting on Patreon for $3 a month, uh, that is the minimum. You can obviously do more. $3 a month gets you access to these early segments of each episode, uh, pretty much every episode at this point since we returned. So Texas Chainsaw onward, maybe a little after. Um, we've been doing stuff like this uh, with all kinds of topics. With Nope, it was talking about movies that we kind of regret or feel aren't useful to us anymore, even within our own <laughs> memory banks. And uh, so it's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, $3 a month. You can always choose. You can also choose what we review at the end of each month. Uh, as of right now, uh, the Bear is probably what we'll be reviewing at the end of the month. The new Hulu show, or I'm sure it's some other channel, but it's on Hulu, so it's the new Hulu show, um, the restaurant one. So it's pretty exciting. And if we reach certain tiers, we'll do different reviews: one for Inhumans, one for God's Not Dead, stuff like that, which are pretty exciting to have as milestones. So yeah, three dollars a month. Check it out. Uh, but we are here to talk about. Well, not not okay. We were going to do not okay, but Prey has been huge, and both Dan and I have actually watched that one, so we are here to talk about Prey, with not okay being next week, uh, which means we'll be talking about Hulu a lot this month, now that I realize. Look at Hulu, man. I know. Um, and frankly, Hulu's been putting out good movies. I mean, The Princess, I enjoyed. It's silly. It's stupid. It is direct-to-video borderline, but it is pretty fun, and so uh, Hulu's got some great stuff right now. So while Lightyear is being released on Disney, reminding everybody that Pixar put that in theaters and not turning red, Hulu is getting some good stuff, but also kind of has the same syndrome because Prey is on Hulu and not in theaters, which we'll talk about. Uh, but uh, Dan, do you want to go ahead and introduce Prey? Prey is a 2002 American science fiction horror action film. Uh, I love that about the Predator franchise and that all of the films kind of cover a wide range of genres. It is directed by T Dan uh, Trachtenberg, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and is written by Patrick Asen uh, from a story from uh, Trachtenberg and Asen. Of course, it is based on the Predator characters created by Jim and John Thomas. It is the, depending on how you count it, it is the uh, roughly the fifth uh, film in the main Predator franchise, about seventh or eighth overall, counting the Alien vs. Predator films. Um, it is an original story. It was kind of in development around the same time as Shane Black's The Predator was in development. Uh, however, this one takes a much different approach. 
uh, initially under the production title of Skulls. Prey is about a Naru, a young Comanche warrior uh, who is trained in healing and tracking, but wishes to be a hunter. Her older brother is an accomplished hunter. And uh, however, it becomes very apparent very quickly that there is some new predator, wink, wink, uh, working in the woods nearby. And along the way, uh, lots of people get killed and they run into some unexpected other people. Um, it is a rather straightforward film. Uh, the the movie wastes no time establishing that the Predator is a presence in the film, yet they do a great job of kind of keeping him in the shadows until it's appropriate for him to really come out and start just absolutely wrecking uh, everyone in his path. Uh, there is a rather slim cast of characters. However, everyone on display really plays the role quite well. Of course, the standout is uh, Amber Midthunder as Naru. Uh, some of you will know her as uh, she will be in the new Avatar Lost Airbender live action series for Netflix. She is a clear standout here as she is both uh, uh, plays very vulnerable, but also is a fierce warrior at the same time. Uh, there's a new person under the Predator mask, Dane DeLegro, who I believe is an NBA basketball player, uh, does a great job as a titular beast. I am a huge fan of the Predator franchise. I love the Predator monster. I have said it before. Great movie monsters are ones that have clear strengths and clear weaknesses. The Predator, since the OG film with Arnold Schwarzenegger, has a very long, uh, known weakness to not being able to see things if they are not uh, picked up on his heat signature. He also is a bit uh, one-minded in task, however. Um, to a group of trained hunters, you know, he actually has his work cut out for him a little bit. And so they do a great job of establishing everyone's strengths and weaknesses. They do a great job of building up to the end confrontation between their main character and their predator, where uh, Naru slowly and surely just keeps observing and learning new things about this creature on loose. There is some great gore effects. Um, there are some great kills. The predator is treated as a menacing being. He's not played for comedy or silly. You know, Buster Rhymes doesn't hit him with a shovel like Michael Myers does. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, they do put a fresh spin on this franchise. Uh, I did not see Shane Black's Predator as I heard it was terrible. Yes. Uh, predator is uh, one of those franchises that people talk about like there's not a lot of great movies in it. I just feel in the minority. I love the original. I think the original is one of the best science fiction films of the time i think some of the best Arnold schwarzenegger films of the time i like predator 2 and i thought predators was great i don't know why people had a problem with that so i personally am quite satisfied with the franchise i do think this towers over most of them it is the best since the original which i'm sure you've heard about a lot of franchise uh type things but it is great in a complete diametrical opposite way the original predator you have a great uh cast of big burly action stars coming together to fight a monster as they all get picked off one by one prey you have one uh uh, girl with a tomahawk (laughs) going after a predator and both are equally as exciting and visceral and it's just great prey is um a wonderful entry in the franchise it's a great science fiction film it's a great monster movie it's a great action film um i really really enjoyed this movie quite a bit it's only 90 minutes so just go oh, on Hulu right goodness. now and watch yes. it it's good it is it's I, it's meanwhile shame bullet train is two do. hours did you know bullet train is two hours i did not know uh <laughs> it's not, over actually not the fastest minutes. train ride yeah <laughs> <What>? uh, <laughs> uh, so i for a I, movie called prey there sure were a lot of predators mm, let's just bring up some more bad jokes <laughs> what's another movie in it's theaters a, right now i i like year more like woke year uh i stole that one. one for my wife actually um, she made that one but i'm sure someone I can't else said stole it that one I, can't, uh, I stole that one I, I, it, it is a shame that prey did not hit the theaters this is tailor-made for a theater experience oh I, my goodness it's a yes. real shame yes so um <laughs> uh, i i am pleasantly surprised to see how much everyone else seems to like it as it's a really small film all things considered you got one monster and you have like five or six uh people find the monster and most of them die pretty quickly so it's, it's a 1v1 battle for most of the film um I guess, and I hope this helps dispel the room. I know I'm kind of going along, but I hope this kind of dispels the sense that every big quote unquote, like franchise blockbuster type movie needs to be some really blown out of proportions, big action and like events. Prey is getting, and I, there's an argument to be made that part of why it's getting such a positive response is because it's sort of a surprise hit on streaming as opposed to something they spent money marketing and all that stuff. Um, but this is people really like this. It's a pretty self small self-contained story about one person fighting a monster. Like this movie works just as well. If you take the predator out of it, replace it with a more generic monster, obviously it lacks to some of the prestige. And there, there is one 
Easter egg kind of thing that ties it to the rest of the franchise, which is kind of fun. But again, that's something that only you pick up on if you're like a fan of the Predator franchise. Hey there, it's your friendly neighborhood call to action. Just checking in on you. Hope you're doing all right. I'm just stopping by to say, you know, if you enjoy the show, you can always subscribe and write a review for Cinematic Doctrine. There's iTunes, Podchaser, basically anywhere you listen. You can give us a shout out with a thumbs up, five stars, gripping positivity. Or if you hate the show, you can say that too. Hey, what? What are you saying? Why are you saying that? Well, I'm not going to tell them what to do, Ted. They're free to do what they want. Our analytics say we got a lot of listeners in the U.S., and you know they love their freedoms. And you're also free to check out our Twitter. Very active there. We host polls, memes. There's also the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group called Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group. If you want to join, just answer the questions, read the rules, and tell them the podcast sent you. Also, you should check out our website. Some really cool stuff there. Editorials, written reviews for movies we haven't had time to cover. Always check out cinematicdoctrine.com when you get the chance. Oh, uh, Ted also told me I shouldn't forget to mention the Patreon. Something about you can support us or something? Wait, Ted, I thought this was like a hobby thing. You want me to... expand Cinematic Doctrine. You know this already. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I forgot. I'm the one who put all this together. Yeah, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can gain access to early uncut episodes of the podcast. Oh, and did I mention, you get to tell us what to do. That's right, each month you get to vote on a movie we discuss on the show. Anyways, I gotta run, so I'll see you guys later. I think, like, Melvin, what did you think of Prey? Well, I am going to evoke a letterbox review from Jacob Knight where he, his first sentence, I won't even evoke it. I'll just read it. Uh, he just says, cleans the franchise up after the over busy clunkiness of Shane Black's entry by reducing the log line and in turn, the iconic alien beast to its pro wrestler essence, uh, which is true. <laughs> yeah, like that's that very is true. <laughs> like part of the first one isn't entirely that, uh, the first one is more of a hidden monster movie with yes. a really cool. Yeah aesthetic it's very much more the most dangerous game but his actual aesthetic as a figure feels like a pro wrestler you (laughs) after you've watched the first movie you go oh yeah i want to see predator against the alien because that's how you think about (laughs) it and then you get that movie it's and it's kind of a fun popcorny movie i think alien versus predator is frankly better than most people feel about it just because it is uh, I really don't it, like that movie. Really, it's so like, disappointing I, to me. Like, yeah, yes, I, it is the, not very good because it's like it could be a lot more fun. It, it but it it makes every like it makes so many strange. It makes all the wrong decisions. choices. But like, like it is, I I was going to say this is why I think it's good because it is the perfect. <laughs> I am doing laundry and it's on the Sci Fi Channel right now. Movie. It is so. If that's the metric you're using, <laughs> yes, yeah, it. I think. Hey, so, hey, you know, sometimes yeah, you got to do what you got to do. When they're done think, playing reruns of Warehouse 13, when yeah, AVP2 yeah. comes on, yeah. it's like, okay. Um, well, the second one, I don't know. I, I own it. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard it's too dark to actually see. So, yes. Like, uh, well, I, have, I had that problem with Alien Alien versus Predator 1, right? I felt like I actually couldn't see a lot of the fight scenes. And like then I heard Han, it's like worse. Solo, than the, like the Solo movie. Yeah. Well, um, then I heard it's yeah. worse than the second one. I was like, well, then why even bother? Like. Yeah, I, I, I want to watch the second one, and I just want to turn the brightness up to when I do. But <laughs> but all that to say is, like, everybody in their right mind saw the first Predator movie and started creating death matches. And that's why you have Batman vs. Predator, and that's why you have Batman vs. Alien, actually. But, and Archie um, vs. Predator. Yeah, you have all these really, really silly, cool ideas, because, like, it's just, that's what he is. He's got a tool belt. He's got gadgets. He's got ways of winning. Arguably, it's unfair that he's cloaked all the time. But you know what? All creatures have cloaking devices except for basically people. So I get it. It's fair. Uh, People have opposable thumbs. I guess that's just what you get. Um, But this movie does that where at first I was like, okay, we're going to see him like, oh, I get it. There's a rat and now a snake and he kills us. And I was like, oh, no, this is cool. Like he's defeating the predators, moving up the tier list. It's like when you play like Soul Calibur getting to the final fight. Um, he fights the wolf and it's a cool fight sequence, even though it's super quick because the way he fights the wolf, he crouches down as if to get on its level. Uh, and it frankly doesn't matter that he's cloaked because the wolf could just tell that he's there anyway. Um, and so like, there's such cool stuff going on. I also am a big fan of movies where the lead 
antagonist is not the only threatening obstacle. So there's a horribly terrifying sequence with a mud pit that is just horrible. (laughs) And like, and that alone is exciting to have other things be in the way of our protagonist that can also be brought up again later where this film has a ton of Chekhov's guns where everything that has become an obstacle becomes something beneficial either to the protagonist or even to the predator. Uh, Need I mention that a bear trap isn't just a bear trap, but used as a weapon by the predator is one of the coolest kills of which this film has many Um, all tailor made for a theater experience where I could have heard a theater in a Dolby screening just hype about this movie and like i just didn't get to have that entirely i did go to a friend's house to watch this which was fun to watch a streaming movie that released on streaming not just at home by myself or with my wife like to actually be like at church and i was like talking to a friend like yeah i haven't watched yet me neither let's watch it together cool um and that's exciting but this movie uh, i guess i'm pivoting now to this but why is this not in theaters? Why is this not in theaters? Why was Shane Black's horrible movie in theaters, but this was not? I mean, I even saw that in IMAX. It was one of the final movies I saw in IMAX. I had like, I just cannot understand it because uh, that movie is ridiculously stupid and like borderline offensive. And a lot of people have actually made plenty of good essays or, or written write-ups on how that movie actually is pretty offensive and like just a weird movie in the franchise because Predator is just simple, and since Predator 1, and I think this is why, now I'll just talk about the franchise, but uh, as I'm just jumping across different things, this is like a spider web <laughs> here, but like um, Predator as a franchise just gets overly complicated after the first, in my opinion. It's probably why Predators, out of all of the sequels before Prey, feels good, because Predators is just simple. It's just the Predator yes. film, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in reverse, where it's we collected a bunch of predators and put them on a planet to fight but even then it like has this weird and it's like all the people that weren't in the expendables movie which is filming at the same time so it's like yeah yeah it's like, but it, it's man if you have not seen predators i'm just gonna say mahershala ali danny Trejo, oleg taktarov um you lawrence got fishburne lawrence fishburne adrian brode like it's a great cast of like character actors walton goggins yeah, um, yeah, all fighting predators on a predator planet. It's great. And it's pretty cool. Like, it's a cool movie. I, I did not dislike that one. Um, two is weak. The predator is way worse than all of them, but it is kind of fascinating as like a touchstone of existing. <laughs> I don't know if you do you know about that movie. Do you know, like the movie um, for the predator? Do you know the plot line for that one? No, I, I was so like, at first I was like, oh, Shane Black. I'm in like, I love Shane Black. I've liked every movie he's worked on. And then I heard it was really bad and like, like I heard it was really bad, like not worth checking out even as like a joke. So I just, so I purposely didn't avoid learning anything about it. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't need to learn anything about it. It's a new predator movie from Shane black. That's, I'm, I'm in. And then when I heard it was bad, I just was like, okay, so I stopped. So I managed on both ends and both ends well, of spectrum, just ignoring information about it before the end Thomas of the year Jane is in it. as someone with Tourette's. That's all I know before the end of the year, please watch it so that okay. for a Patreon discussion, we can talk about it. Because it is, I think if you really don't know anything about it, anything at all about this plot line, I think you'll be just like shocked. It'll shock you. It won't offend you. <laughs> I think you'll just be like, what in the world? Because like, it's a Hollywood movie. It's not like a fan thing. Like Batman versus Predator made by fans makes sense. The Predator oh, yeah. does Batman not, Dead End. You can watch it online right now. Check it, it out. It, but like as an actual thing, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's it is. Yeah, you will be like on that Patreon support thing where we were like, let's do shocking movies, Man of Steel or Tickled. Like I could have put the Predator on it. Like it is in that vein of like, like uh, mind blowing. Um, and granted, I found the movie funny. I even am shocked looking back at my Predator's the predator review on letterbox is still like a five. Man, out of can 10, we talk about how this but, is like the worst numbered franchise <laughs> in the history of the world? It starts off on predator predator two. All right. We're good. Predators. Then, predators, then alien versus predator, alien versus predator two, then the, the predator, predator and now prey. Like I it's, it's every jokey, bad naming convention on shoved into one franchise. It's, it's incredible. Bad. 
It's really, it's really um, terrible. I, I, I will say, but at like, least Prey is clever, and yeah, the rest of the movie is clever. Um, we haven't talked much about the movie, but I, I will say <laughs> well, that to, the franchise, like part of what makes this movie excellent, is the franchise it's, it's it, in. It stands out so much for the rest of the franchise. Like you were correct in that there's a wrestler logic to the Predator, but he has the best motivation of any movie monster, which is. He just wants to find really cool things to hunt it's the, and fight. It's the Dragon Ball thing. It's like, Dragon, Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is cool because Goku just likes fighting people to the detriment of other characters. Like the Cell games, Gohan is getting beat up by Cell. Could die. And Goku's just like there. And Vegeta's like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, that is your son. Piccolo's like, that's my son. <laughs> like, it's like, and so then finally Goku's like, oh yeah, that's right. And so like. There are times when Goku lets people, he like gives a senzu bead to one of the villains because he's like, I want to fight you at your best. Like that. And like, you're like, cool. Like that yeah, is well, cool. It's, <laughs> so it's one of those, he's uh, one of those crossover characters that actually makes complete sense. Like it makes sense that the predator would A, go to Gotham, man, oh man, all of the different other predators and prey in Gotham. And that he would tangle with Batman. That makes 110 percent sense for the character if the predator earned multiverse abilities like he would just be like (laughs) he kills america chavez and absorbs her abilities (laughs) then man we're in trouble like what a pivot what if that would be crazy i guess that's the word for me today because i said it like 12 times but like the end of dr strange multiverse of madness the predator just disney owns this franchise they could i know that's why why it's on hulu Um, cool it's it's the weakness of their thing of like well predator isn't really you know our kind of thing so you know so that's so they dump it on hulu but ready or not is that's why we put ready or not in theaters that's where the movie. devil is a character who's real in that <laughs> canonically universe. the devil is there <laughs> and two children who are who are horribly evil children also explode in the blood <laughs> they off screen. explode <laughs> they run behind the door so you don't see it and then boom <laughs> it explodes it's okay, like Freddy got fingered it's so silly Ugh. But um, that that is in a Disney owned property yeah. movie, and, but but all then of the nonsense we're talking about, like all the stuff where he fights Danny Glover in New York, he's there's a Predator planet and they're fighting Topher Grace, like all of that is wisely jettisoned to the side, and they take the character back to its roots, where it's just he's just looking for hunting, and in playing with the continuity as exists, it is confirmed. Um, repeatedly throughout other films that the Predators have visited Earth multiple times. So they do it throughout history, which right there, that's a franchise. I want to see Predator fight medieval knights. I want to see the Predator fight samurai and ninjas. I want to see the Predator on a giant pirate ship just fighting a bunch of pirates. Like, let's go. Um, Send him to the future where he fights like space people, whatever. Um, But Predator, prey, pirate. (laughs) That's the next one. (laughs) Cool. Eat Why prey not? predator. It, you know, it's just it's our it's right there. Um so for the cool moms out there. <laughs> it's um so like it, that is a wonderful decision because A, it really helps amplify the character strengths. The predator is methodical, he's there for the hunt, he is there for the sport of it, he's a character that actually has honor, and so that comes up in uh, both Predator 2 and Predators, where the Predator, at least one of them, gains a respect for um, the human character. That's what happens in Alien vs. Predator 2, actually, um, where he gains respect for the human character and because they've battled together, very macho logic, you know. Um, and so here, he's just unleashed into just the woods. So he fights a snake. He fights a bear, you know, which is awesome. Was a great scene. Uh, that was awesome. But Super cool. Com- simultaneous to this, we have this character whose name uh, is Naru. Naru. Who... Very quickly, they set up everything new about the character. She wants to be a hunter. She's not very good at it. Plus, uh, gender norms of the time. Everyone's like, you should go home and cook. And uh, But she also, as part of Rite Passage, you get your big first kill. She thinks she sees a Thunderbird, which I appreciate that shout out as a cryptid fan. Um, and of course, it's not Thunderbird. It's the freaking Predator, man. He's coming. Yeah. Um, and so she tries to help out her brother. And they're on the hunt. And no one believes in her. But because she's a tracker and she pays attention, she notices very quickly that something is very off about what's going on. And all of her strong-headed siblings and brothers and whatever all are dismissive of her. Uh, and the movie doesn't drag any of this out too long. Like, they very quickly kind of start getting rid of other characters. Um, very soon, there's a situation where she points out to everyone, hey, there's a predator. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you are correct. There is a predator. Yeah, good and- scene. They all are like, oh, they decided to fight him because um, they're That's cool what dudes. You do. Yeah. <laughs> what else can you do? 
And so obviously this is her big kill that's going to prove her worth to her tribe. Uh, however, she is not strong like everyone else. She is not as adept with weapons as everyone else. She is a tracker and a healer, um, but she ha- is smart and she's picking up on things. And so in the middle of the movie, there's a scene where a bunch of French hunters uh, show up and capture her because they're trying to hunt the predator as well. Um, and Which you're thinking, cool. awesome. Predator's going to kill a bunch of dudes with guns. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they all have flintlock weapons, and there's a great scene where they all shoot, and then there's a moment of pause, and they'll quickly try to reload their, like, flintlock yes, weapons, yeah. which is, you know, the humor in this movie is quite dark. And first off, awesome. You can see Predator fight people with flintlock pistols. I'm all about it. And he's just eviscerating people very violently. He opens up a shield and just beheads someone with it and cuts down a tree. Lots of great kills. Again, in a theater, this would have been great. People would have been yeah. shouting and freaking out. They'd go um, multiple times. They take their friends. This really would sell you tickets. Gotta see, you got to see it. Like, I've seen people yeah. online saying they've, they've already watched the movie two or three times. Granted, again, it's because it's right there in, on Hulu. They can watch it. But um, And yeah, and so I, I, I appreciate that Like they really build up both characters magnificently for the whole film. Where you have a terrifying, a nonstop killing machine that is just eviscerating everyone in his path. And you have another character that constantly is losing quote unquote like she constantly fails to kill the creature she fails to save her brother she fails to do all these other things yet she learns a little bit over and over again then it has this great scene where she uses the evil french guy who is picking on her and captured her um, as bait and she has this quick little monologue talking about how um the reason that she is actually dangerous as a hunter is because no one thinks she's a good hunter and she has learned that by lowering her body temperature, the predator can't see her. And she uses some of the herbs that she'd be using because she's a healer to lower her body temperature. And the predator just horribly murders the guy in front of her, uh, where she then shoots a, the predator in the head and steals his mask, which she's she noticed that that's how he targets things. And so it leads up into big final fight, which is great. Um, and it's it's a really lean, quick movie. This movie is the exact same length as Venom to Let There Be Carnage. Yeah, it, it felt doesn't like about feel half the length. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a lot more cool stuff happens. And it's just such a wonderful, straightforward action horror science fiction movie. That high, high, um, high concept. Even I mean, it's like because there's not a lot of high concept it's movies a, anymore. A Comanche warrior versus an alien creature. That's yeah, a fun movie. Uh, you, that's how you pitched it. Yeah, it's so simple. Um, this will be a a bit of an aside, but I uh, one of my criticisms of a game like Dead by Daylight is all of the human characters they're taken into this world, the entity realm. But they're all taken from the years of like 2006 to 2020, uh, 2022. And I'm like, you're telling me the entity realm only takes like millennials and zoomers. <laughs> like it should be taking people like, why is one of my characters not a pirate? Why is one of my par- characters not a um, like a Roman soldier? Why is one of my characters not an Egyptian? Like all like a like a for building like the pyramids kind of thing. All these really interesting ideas. All of the killers are kind of varied and have stuff like that. Like they have, right, they right. introduce a character called the plague who is like an Egyptian goddess, but then like the subsequent character is just like a teenager. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, that's really stupid. Um, and there's sort of like this weird thing where I think a lot of science fiction kind of gets so stuck in being forward science fiction that some it doesn't take advantage of being like backward science fiction i mean even one of the most popular shows right now is a show called i think outlander but it's just an isekai uh a mother's a mom style isekai where a woman from now gets taken back to like colonial times something like that and so they're still so they're still trying to have the audience insert style character um but like this doesn't have that it's just character it's just the other time period um and like yeah you could like understand some light motivations of like you're a woman uh suppressed wanting to become like chieftain whatever but like i i it's kind of just crazy to me that this movie exists at all even (laughs) like on every every level even down to the fact that it's on hulu and not in theaters which is really frustrating because it just doesn't seem like the kind of movie anybody would say yes to, especially when the whole franchise was continuing towards like the predator was supposed to be like the beginning of like, I think a trilogy and even the, the, um, I told you to watch it without, without knowing anything, but like even the ending implied, it was supposed to have like Arnold Schwarzenegger show up and like, he just didn't want to be in the movie. Yeah. I, I read about, there was also, there was also a scrapped ending where Ellen Ripley was supposed to show up. 
<laughs> okay, that's yeah. really well. They dodge bullets there, but <laughs> um, but like th- it's just like this is a complete different direction to do. And like I tried to look up the budget, couldn't find it on IMDb. But like I, it's yeah. I the fact that also this was pitched and began production while the Predator was the Predator was also in production is really surprising to me. Like it it does speak to a something that was nice about having another big studio around uh, where 20th century Fox where somebody, cause the person who's the producer, John Davis, um, not the guy from corn. Uh, he, he <laughs> has been a producer on every predator film. And so the fact that he heard this pitch from uh, Asen and Trachenberg and was just like, that sounds great. And like went with it while this other movie was in production shows that like you had somebody at the helm who likes his franchise, likes his characters. Also, another interesting thing is apparently initially they didn't want to, they did not want it to be known in marketing that this was a predator film. They wanted to initially market it as just like a horror film about a Comanche warrior fighting an unknown entity. Imagine how bonkers that theater experience would be if you went and you're sitting in your th- seat and slowly realize that it was a predator, a predator. which would have been fighting. pretty hype. I I do think that <sighs> would have affected marketing, but it would have been a really cool experience. It. I wonder if it would worked because that's my big like because. If enough people saw it opening weekend, like if it had like a really good reviews, right? And then maybe a few like nerdy sites leaked it. And so you had a couple people going through knowing what was going on, but the white highnesses didn't, you might have been able to generate word of mouth where in subsequent weeks, people have been like, you gotta see that movie Prey. Like, I'm not gonna tell you anything about it. Just trust <laughs> me, you gotta see it, you know? And you're like, okay, and you put it mentally next to the like, cabin in the woods or whatever, and all these right. movies that, and don't breathe, where you're just like, okay, yeah, I'll see you later. Um, I, I wonder if that work. I mean, it'd be very hard to keep that under wraps that this movie had the predator in it, but it's a nice thought experiment too. Like think of other movies like, cause what this movie really also shows is you could just improve a lot of movies just by adding a predator to it somewhere where Probably, like, yeah. Um, like I like it. Like this is just a general monster movie that they just dropped the predator into. That's a great pitch. And I, and I hope that this is a the direction they take it in. Cause if this movie's successful enough, there should be sequels to this. Like there is no reason you can't make a prey to where it's just predator versus some other ancient warrior or ancient, like imagine an ancient samurai. Cause you have an interesting other, like where it's a predator versus a culture in a way. Right. Cause this movie is the predator versus a, a hunter gatherer culture. Uh, that that's has kind of a cool, empowering skills, cultural thing. Right. Um, you could have like different, different cultures can showcase their stuff. So like, for instance, uh, Amber mid thunder, she actually has a piece, uh, about her on New York times. And they, she was talking about how she liked that this particular depiction of native Americans wasn't just like shamanistic spiritualism. Yeah. They, it's, they're just, they're, they're good just, at hunting. They're just people you know? like they're, yeah. they're just trying to live. Uh, as the mom says, this is, we're doing this to survive. Like not yeah. to like, this isn't just like something cool to do. Like <laughs> this is, they, yeah. They tough. hunt because they like, need to eat food. <laughs> this is objectively <laughs> you know? bad that we have to suffer through all this. So yeah. do your best. Um, and, uh, but there's, so with that in mind, like taking it to like, yeah, a samurai version, the second you said, it was like, dude, <laughs> like <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I really want to watch that. Well, or like ninjas. It reminds like, me that of that scene. So cool. Cause I don't know if you remember in predators, he has that scene where the predator just sword fights with a guy who is versed yeah. in kendo. Yeah. And the predator agrees to the rules of the fight. They stand apart from each other. And that's the movie I, moment I fell in love with that movie because the predator it's is agreeing cool. to the rules of Bushido for a moment. And it's yeah. awesome, you know? Yeah. Well, he like he doesn't fight unfair in this one. He yes. fights pretty fairly. He, if, if someone's injured or like if they're tied up, he won't go for them because that's not why he's there. Right. You know, he's a monster he's a monster he's a sentient creature with rules and he has a goal and that's part of why i love this character so much because like jason Voorhees, he's a fun character and he has some logic but it's very like it's very simplistic you yes. know it, it's it, also arrested development it's like it's all the fact that he's like still six years old and mad yes. that his mom died you know, so it's because it's like predator is the up there for me with like someone like pinhead right where there is a level where you can reason with him like he yeah he, pinhead he, is completely reasoned with in the first one it's yeah like kind of crazy <laughs> and like we need more movie you open the box <laughs> you know like so monster cool. figures i feel like they're like yeah like i this is the direction that i want the franchise to go because again like the 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 trap they keep falling into is we have a hit movie we have a known ip bigger better 
bigger, better. Like that's what Predators, that's what Predator 2 that's is. That's what Zaslav wants with the entire DC properties. Yeah, we're going to make bigger, better, Super, bigger, Super better. Batman, Wonder Woman, you know. We're, I know the, Joker the made a billion dollars, but <laughs> we got to we got to spend 300 million. <laughs> well, no. I, I that's a movie that'd be ruined by money if they really inflate the budget. Like Joker 2 to me sounds like it'll work more as it contained the movie only being an Arkham Asylum, as I've heard rumors of, that sounds appealing to me. I don't want a movie where he fights Batman. Quite as weird as that is to sound, like I, that's not what I want out of sequel to that particular movie. And like I know the Predator is a big movie monster with a lot of crossover appeal, but he is so much more interesting if you put him in it in like a movie where like what if Predator shows up during World War Two, you know <laughs> what what if what if you're fighting a bunch of Nazis and Predator shows up and kills all Nazis and I have that's a big cool. problem, yeah. like you know what if he sinks a titanic let's think big people (laughs) like there's a lot you know get dicaprio on the phone he'll do it (laughs) yeah world war ii would be pretty cool um or world war one he comes on uh what is it christmas day when they all played soccer and they have to work together that's why they work together yes (laughs) that'd be so cool oh man are you listening? <laughs> you listen to Bob Iger. Like, Come on, Trattenberg. <laughs> you don't really do movies. You only do them like once every six years. <laughs> you, we're giving you I a mean, to, to get to give it away, my recommendation is going to be his other film he directed because he he has a particular skill taking movies that are sequels that should not work for any reason and making them great. You know, mm-hmm. um, like. A Predator has been a franchise that struggled for so long, and it's so like you have a likable protagonist that you want to root for, um, who is treated with like, and yeah, the 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 I think there's a specific Comanche uh, culture. The little bit that's here is treated with respect and reverence, um, and they highlight their strengths. And the Predator uh, both works as sort of like you know a coming impending force. Um, that you know i'm sure to parallel real history that is kind of what happened is eventually other people showed up and and uh wrecked them up and the post credits of this like you see cave paintings that imply that other predator ships showed up um and perhaps that is what happened that befell the comanche tribe in this universe um and everyone it's like you stripped everything from all the dumb franchise stuff is stripped out and you just focus on what really works which is predator is awesome and scary and watching a human character overcome him is compelling every single time it's great when Arnold Schwarzenegger does it in the first movie. It is weird <laughs> when Danny Glover does it in the yes. second movie. And it's awesome. afraid of heights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very weird. Um, and it's cool when when um, when What's-Her-Name and Adrian Brody uh, are able to match with them in Predators, you know? So I, this is great. See it. Revisit the other Predator films. I think, I think some of them age well. I think there's a thing where we're growing also in our appreciation of older um, what were thought of as blockbusters at the time that we look back on them now and appreciate that they were allowed to be weird and kind of off base and <laughs> people spent money on things. Maybe they shouldn't, but we got things that are kind of more interesting out of them. Um, I can't think of them like people rag on predator too, but is there another movie like predator two where the predator kills gangsters and skins them and leaves them in a warehouse? Like that doesn't happen. A lot of movies these days, you know, back in yeah. my day, we, that happened every week, uh, but now not so much. So um, I don't know if you had any further thoughts on play. Um, I just, uh, I mean, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but like, and we talked about this in, I can't remember the specific episode, but there's a current fascination with simple movies right now that I think people are really enjoying. And Top Gun Maverick was the third highest grossing movie this month. <laughs> like, still. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, apart from everything everywhere, which continues to get re-released in theaters and is continuing to still be the word of mouth juggernaut that it is. Um, and I think because it's still so popular, it actually has Oscar contention or as a contender because most movies like this wouldn't even get mentioned. Um, but, uh, there's still like something really people love about these simple movies lately. I mean, the first, the beginning of the year started with scream and that, it doesn't get more simple than that. Like that is just guy dresses up and basically falls over all the time, but he still kills you. Um, and that's super simple. So it's not even a complicated slasher movie. I talked about Kimmy earlier this year. Uh, we didn't do an episode on it, but I talked about Kimmy and how much I really enjoyed that one. And that is super, super simple movie. Um, I'm trying to think turning red is quite simple, <laughs> frankly. 
and that's not super overwhelming. Sonic 2 killed it in theaters. Like, that was fine. Uh, Nope is a super simple movie um, and complicated in the sense that it's like, is it a horror movie? Yeah, whatever. But that's simple. Um, I'm just like scrolling down my list of movies I watched where like even the movies that didn't do well this year are things like this is a no brainer, but Jurassic World Dominion is a mess for many reasons, but it's still a big blockbuster movie that is bad, but that's a mess. We haven't even mentioned the gray man, but that is just terrible, terrible movie. Really, really terrible. And no one, I don't know anybody who likes it and I don't hear anyone even talking about it, but like, it is really, really terrible. And that's even being, was initially pioneered to be like a Netflix equivalent of a James Bond style franchise. Uh, there's already even a sequel listed for that, jokingly called either the <laughs> English way of spelling gray, the gray man, or the grayer man, um, <laughs> which I think is pretty gray funny. Man. <laughs> gray man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that one yet. That's good. Um, uh, but like even Hollywood Stargirl, that Stargirl sequel that like no one really, really asked for or cared about, but people appreciate it because it's very simple. I just like people are saying it's better. I thought it was okay moonfall is stupidly simple and people really like that one um i don't know there's like there's something about like i think these simple movies that like people are really appreciating and moonfall is a blockbuster movie it's a mess but it's like it's so full of itself being a blockbuster that it really is just simple the moon falls down (laughs) that is that is the movie uh, but it falls down in the most complicated and silly ways where like the atmosphere is being sucked away. So birds are dying, but the birds still fall down to the earth, even though the moon is above it. So the birds should be flying into the sky. <laughs> I don't know. It's really stupid. Um, Sounds and, like a hit. I know. It's, and moon falls great. I actually moved that up on my list because I keep thinking about how much fun I had in the theaters with that one. Both my wife and I, we really like that one. Definitely going to own that one. But like, yeah, and then you get to Prey, where it's super simple, where it's just a survival horror movie where one of the scariest sequences is actually a bear tries to attack the, the protagonist, and then a predator shows up. And so, like... Ooh, that poor bear. <laughs> I know. I really, really hope that there's a cut somewhere where he rips the bear in half. I was really hoping that that was the climax of that scene. There's there's a viral tweet going around where someone's like, oh, it's a great movie, but you could have used more practical effects. Why'd they CGI the bear? <laughs> And everyone's just like, uh, and, and so people are like, yeah, you know, bears, they just can't hit their marks, you know? So you just got to CGI him. Why in. couldn't they cast a bear in this movie? I really don't like that they're casting yeah. CG bears. He gets a whole show on Hulu, but they won't put him in Prey. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Uh, I've not seeing the bear on Hulu. Um, but yeah, like the classic tweet. This is from the bear. I don't know. Haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Birds of Prey. It's just a bird hunting a thing. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Um, yeah, I, I'm just fascinated right now by like this and I'm not fascinated in like a, hmm, I'm better. I'm curiously observing like, no, cause I'm in agreement. Like these movies are really simple. Even RRR is super simple. It's just a bromance where they're actually don't know that they're enemies that is really interesting. So I'm really enjoying this return to high concept as opposed to just like in a world where half of the population of the entire universe has vanished because of a snap, because of a villain who in the last 10 movies collected five power stones to do this thing against these villains and heroes that you also watch through whatever, get that out of my face. <laughs> I don't want it. It's it- too much. I'm just really happy for this. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting for movie movie production companies to get back to just creating lower budget high concept things. Netflix is going to start doing this. They specifically said that they're not changing how much they spend money. They are just, which is stupid, but they are now creating a new division that creates like 10 to $30 million budget movies because they're seeing oh, like a this movie studio. <laughs> That's their like, big I idea. <laughs> I know. Right. But they're observing that no other company is really doing that right now. They're either doing sub 10 million or, like like Blumhouse, they're basically they, yeah. they're creating a Blumhouse division because you're either Blumhouse, Blumhouse or, or Marvel Studios, right? And like Blumhouse is doing the like, I would say maybe five to twenty million, but like, and they're super successful. Like it's crazy. Blumhouse is ridiculously successful, and I like their movies, even the stupid ones. Like I think they're really fun. 
Ma is like, I still remember Ma. <laughs> we still talk about Ma in this household. We are a pro Ma household. But like these simple movies are really appreciated. They're, I don't know. I don't get exhausted after those. I have headaches after Marvel movies almost all of the time. But like these movies, like, I don't know. I, I could still go throughout my day and like exist. I don't have to like recover from that. I don't know. I just said a lot about like the current well, I, yeah, experience I think, of industry. I think, what it, do you think, um, about I think that? it speaks to something where everyone's really excited about the prospect of a street level Marvel now. Like that's what people are buzzing about. Like, oh man, She-Hulk doesn't that look looks, good, but looks, at least it's more fun. Yeah. But like yeah. they're bringing back Daredevil and they're making Echo show and I don't care about Echo, but Daredevil's going to be that too, I guess. Is, and maybe so some other before people. we recorded, they just released a, uh, like a, an, another teaser, I guess, cause they've learned their lesson with a full trailer for She-Hulk. And it has like it, the teasers advertised as having Daredevil, but it's literally <laughs> just like a cutaway where he turns around, like it's super quick. And you but, see that he has the new the he has the yellow and red suit, now. which looks it's cool. Like, it's I the, like the it's, color. It's interesting because it's the exact same like shape as the suit for the Netflix show. Yeah, like, it is. Everything yeah. they just change the colors. Um, Melvin was like, "I got this new color scheme," <laughs> or he's being affected by the. Um, uh, uh, Oh, I just never remember the word for it, but the shipping issues right now, the global globalization, market globalization. <laughs> so he can't get the color paint. So he's like, I got this one. <laughs> well, or Durbin right, doesn't know Melvin. and he's waiting for someone to point it out. You know? Yeah. Like, Why are you yellow? <laughs> like, I'm what? You know? What are you talking um, about? <laughs> uh, I feel like everyone's made that joke already. The biggest but... reveal that Melvin is colorblind. <laughs> he didn't I actually choose Rodders back. There's rumors about all these other people coming. But like, I my point is like, I think it's uh, it speaks to um, the fact that people are like, oh, sick, just like a movie or, or a show where people are fighting criminals in alleys, you know, like people are not as jazzed about the whole like, what if there's a bunch of Kangs out there messing with the multiverse? Like people are really, really, really hearkening back to a thing where they could just go to the movies and not have to worry about doing homework or doing research. Like, I would love it if we had hit movies that were like 40 to 50 million dollars and they're just about a law firm or <laughs> they're about a spy or whatever they people they used to make movies about like, give me I want rom-coms again you know like we not every movie needs to be an event like they the everyone kept predicting that the bubble was about to burst and i think it's affecting streaming where like the idea that we only we can only pump money into like big event movies that where everyone brings all their friends and family like the gray man like the gray man um and so pray i think and it's ever saying this about a movie that is the fifth in a long running franchise that has comic books and video games and stuff. But like, yeah, like the idea of like a movie about one person fighting a monster is like the big hit, but prey was great. So yeah, I, I want more, really, I want more really movies good. like it. I want more exciting tense thrillers. I want more movies where someone just fights a monster and kills it. And, um, and I, and I gotta say, I think, um, Amber Mid Thunder is going to have a bright future, I think. For sure. People are already uh, fan casting her as X23. Um, in like what? Wolverine's daughter. Or, well, so it? she's already in Legion. Um, not that the canons are co- uh, together, but she yeah. had, uh, she was in Legion for, I think, the three seasons. Um, she is in a, she's in two Liam Neeson movies. <laughs> so I don't know how you want to take that, but, um, but she has a lead role in Ice Road. So there's that. And she's in. Uh, brief role in Hell or High Water. She's got a couple other movies she's in. Um, we haven't mentioned though, um, Dakota Beavers. This is his first movie, and he, oh, he's, he's the really older guy. He's the yeah. yeah the older brother. He was really great. Um, <laughs> he's one of the only other character characters in the movie, right. But yeah. Exactly, um, and doesn't nearly have as much to do, but is also really great. So I hope to see him do more. And we really didn't mention this, but most of the actors are. Native American or have Native American heritage. I th- yeah, or, I think all the characters that play the Comanche are all of Native heritage. Yeah, and so that's pretty exciting um, to see that and to see it. I don't know, just good. That's it's um, a it's a it's a nice cherry on top. Like it's a good movie, and then like there's all these other little extra things to add. But it's not the lead character is Tom Cruise, um, <laughs> like the Last Samurai. Yeah, it's um, not Matt Damon so, in the Wall or whatever. Right. You know, um, which the wall is interesting because it's a Chinese director specifically cast him because yeah. he said, no one will see it if it's anyone else. So I want Matt <laughs> so, Damon, but that's like the beginning of Matt Damon's career ending. Like he could pretty much look at the wall and move forward and pretty much everything else Matt Damon's been in, except for maybe the Martian. Although I think that might've been before, um, was not too good. He, he, he's so. an actor that in any minute he could come back and something big though. So 
I don't know. After, no tears after his for commercial Damon. where he told everyone to buy Bitcoin, <laughs> I think uh, he that was like everyone publicly said no more Will Smith, but behind the scenes, everyone went no more Matt Damon. So, <laughs> I don't know. They're on the same list. Uh, but uh, where does this rank among the Predator films for you? Uh, I th- so I wrote I well I, my computer froze when I was writing my thoughts and pray for Letterbox, but I was saying how I think one of the things Predator often it doesn't get credited for, but we all mention is that it's a very funny movie. Predator is super funny and not just because Shane Black has jokes, but because everything else is really funny. Contact is funny. Um, the kills are funny. Sometimes uh, the there's just uh, the handshake is funny. There's a lot of really good irony, satire, comedy, really good stuff that makes it a good party movie. Uh, and I haven't even mentioned this about Predator, but my first time I saw this was in theaters. It was a special th- theater screening at, I can't remember where, but I went by myself. I had a blast. It was great. It was a pretty sizable theater. People cheered and, and stuff. Um, so it's a really great crowd-pleasing movie. Prey wasn't really funny. It had some good comedy stuff, and it definitely has good crowd-pleasing cheers that no one's having because it's not in theaters. Maybe in this world of re-releases where Midsummer got a director's re-release, everything everywhere is getting in theaters again, and Endgame can get put back in with an unfinished Hulk design. Maybe Prey will get its a very limited screening, which I would love to see because I would totally get in theaters for that. But Prey, I think, doesn't get to have that party vibe um be in the sense that like you can kind of have friends over to watch it and talk over it and stuff and i i I know that that's a really weird criteria to bring up for saying i think predators over prey which i don't even really need to excuse because it's the first one and it's very very good but like i really like when a movie is like that and i think that when a franchise has a movie like that that it can be that it it's a bummer to lose that as a quality Prey makes up for that in style and in execution. And we haven't really talked about like the filmmaking of this movie, I think, but the movie looks really good, is edited really well, and it feels really good. Um, a lot of people on Letterboxd are talking about set pieces, how just it goes from one set piece to the next that differentiates and gives oh, style. There is no fat on this movie. It is. Yeah, yeah. it is. I so we're going to be doing an episode of American Gospel Christ Crucified in the future, and I had watched it, and I talked to Dan saying one of the big criticisms it is is that it is one of the most bloated things I've watched in a very long time, and I saw the Batman this year, and so like it Bray is like efficient filmmaking. It's it is really good, but I would definitely put Prey underneath Predator. I found predators to kind of be an interesting movie in theory but mostly a nothing movie i at the time because i watched these movies years ago i liked predator 2 and i actually liked that it's i joked about it but i liked that donald glover is afraid of the height of heights i think that that's just a nice character touch to just building his character i think it's silly and i like that movie because it is actually pretty silly um when they have the fight i think they fight right in a old woman's apartment I yeah, can't yeah, remember. Yeah. It's really, it's silly, and it carries that from one. Um, and then the predator is, like I said, I mean that is. The more I talk about it, the more mind blowing it is as a film. So I, I wouldn't say it shouldn't have been made. I actually love that it's made because it's so ridiculous, but not in all the positive qualities. So prey definitely underneath one, um, but definitely up there because like it is, it is what you wanted from a sequel for predator and so that feels really good uh but what about you where where are you feeling on this as the actual predator fan (laughs) big fan it's the um, the predator apologist (laughs) i definitely i i I think that's a good rating i think predator the og one i think it's gonna be very hard to top that for a variety of reasons uh predator the first Predator has some great action sequences it has a great cast um you have the immortal lines from Jesse Ventura. You know, he ain't got no time to bleed. You have Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers with the greatest handshake of all time. Yes. Uh, it opens with a tremendous over the top John McTiernan action sequence. And then it becomes a horror film halfway through. That's the, is that it's the soundtrack? Super... That's the one that's like, and they, which I don't think they evoke in Prey at all. No, I think it was, there's, there's two shout outs in Prey. There's the mud. The mud well, pit. Yeah, the whole like mud pit thing. Okay, so three. There's that, and there's the fact that her brother tells her if it bleeds, you can kill it. And then the fact that the flintlock pistol she uses 
and then gives to her mother is the flintlock pistol that the predator gives to Danny Glover in Predator 2. I was thinking, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is something. I was like, I didn't think this is a thing. Um, That's good. Which I thought was nice. You don't get a lot of references to Predator 2. Which means <laughs> we can get an alien versus Predator versus Native Americans movie. That can happen, <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> or, or we'll finally get Ash Williams in one of these crossovers. I wish that Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash movie ever came together. That sounds was so that fun. a thing? That was <laughs> that... a production for a long time. Oh, um, the that fact sounds that ne- so cool. The Necronomicon is Evil in. Dead Rise this year is going to have a Predator in it. Um, oh, that'd be dumb. <laughs> Can you imagine Bruce Campbell versus Predator? Dead-eyed Predators? Come on, that ah, sounds so cool. There you go. Um, oh man, but yeah. So initially, there's there was plans for Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash. It got turned into a comic book at a certain point. So well, now I got to get this. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think Prey is right underneath. But it's like there's, but there's there. It's a great dichotomy where you have two movies that are very good for different reasons. They really complement each other really well. Uh, you get low tech, you get high tech soldiers in versus a no tech um, Native Americans who, but they have um, the superior skills. Um, both groups get mostly wiped out by the predator by the end. Um, and yeah, Prey is better than Predator 2 and Predators. And I'm assuming the Predator because everyone hates it. And better than <laughs> You AVP. might watch the Predator and go, this is the best one. <laughs> <laughs> Just Finally, what I've been looking for. Because I know like we're both huge fans of like bizarre movies. And like that in <laughs> itself, if it's bizarre enough, can become a best. And like this True. is True. there. Like I, this is... This, this please to me, watch it this week <laughs> you've yeah. got to watch it this week i i evoke this movie a lot because for me it's a gold standard of it's this this is like creed where it is it combines all the things i like about the original but reinvents and updates them for modern audience while it respects the franchise while adding something really different to it um where you could argue by in some metrics it is somewhat better than the original it comes before it uh it doesn't quite capture the magic though so it's very much like that, where I put it right up there with the best that the franchise has ever produced. So with Fortnite, they come out with new skins for franchises <laughs> to advertise it. But oh, okay. with the WWE, has there ever been a, a match where someone came out dressed as a predator and then wrestled? So not in the people? WWE. This is a very common occurrence in Japanese deathmatch uh, companies in the 90s, where they would just have someone who was just, here's Leatherface. And it's just a wrestler dressed like Leatherface. <laughs> Same with so Freddy cool. and Jason. So I think there likely was a Predator guy dressed like Predator at some point. Okay, so that is Japan. above Predator. And then Predator <laughs> is... <laughs> the uh, obvious, the obvious cool. ranking hierarchy. Yeah. The only the only major company... So Chucky... The Chucky doll has appeared in wrestling twice. Um, in a moment of continuity, Chucky showed up at WCW to antagonize wrestler Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner's son, 20 years later, is wrestling the WWE, and they did a cross-promotion with the Chucky Show in USA. Cool. And Chucky came back and antagonized the, the guy's son again, <laughs> saying, I hope you're better than your dad was. That's it's awesome. Like, this amazing continuity. It's like really cool, like generational, like frustration. It's like JoJo. But like, it's so dumb because it's not like the Chucky doll can wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. Like Rick Steiner th- challenged him to a match. And it's like, what do you think you're going to do, man? Then the yeah. only other one is that Robocop showed up in WCW in 1990. They're going to do a full <laughs> CGI group of the dwarves in the, in the dwarves movie upcoming, but we're just going to have you wrestle. One. <laughs> it's Chucky. Uh, okay. It's okay. very progressive. <laughs> uh, the WWE. Now you can call it wrestling too. You could, you could actually read the, um, what the acronym is, but all right. Prey's good. Prey was pretty good. I liked it. And it was a blast watching with some friends talking about it. And uh, yeah, so check it out. Of course, you already probably watched it. It's number one on IMDb. It is number one on Letterboxd right now too. almost hitting. It is about to hit a hundred thousand, which uh, I don't even think not okay. Did that yet. So good thing we did this, I guess. Although not okay. I look forward to that episode. Cause if you, if you actually liked Dear Evan Hansen, you'll like Not Okay. <laughs> but if you like oh, the style gosh. of movie, then you'll like Not Okay. Dan, it, I texted you is exactly the same, but not bad. You're, you, I, I hope you like it. Um, anyways, let's get into recommendations. Uh, what do you have to recommend, Daniel? Oh, okay. Um, so for uh, this week's much oh, somewhat more theological uh uh, recommendation i've been out and about a lot recently as i've been unable to really spend a ton of time in my office we only recently 
Um, I know I joked earlier about not having air conditioning. We actually recently got the air conditioning fixed and I've been living in my in-laws house. And so I haven't been able to access my library as much as I used to. Um, so I'm going to very quickly recommend two apps that I've been using that have been helping me out. Uh, the first is called Blue Letter Bible. It is a free app. You can download the app store. It has multiple different Bible translations. But what's neat is it has built in things like Matthew Henry and the Fawcett and Brown commentary right in the app. So if you really quickly need to look something up and get some intel on it, uh, that's a good one. But if you're more into translations, the NET Bible app is tremendous. It has full translation notes uh, right in there. So I'm not a huge fan of the NET translation itself. I think it's okay. But the translation notes that come with the app are extremely helpful. Um, Highly recommend those two things together. Uh, so those are my, that's my, I'll send links to Melvin so you can put them in the description, but I've been using those a lot lately. Uh, I am just going to recommend checking local independent theater listings, uh, support local theaters. Me and my wife, we um, checked out and by local, I don't mean like Regal and like AMC. Um, uh, we like to keep up. We actually have a couple independent theaters in the area. Um, we actually, there's one near us. That's actually the longest running operating theater in the country, which is pretty cool. They actually just recently renovated over 2020. So it is going to continue to go. And they're, they're having a Godfather special event. It's very expensive, but basically you do a special dinner at a really fancy restaurant nearby. Um, so you get to eat like the Godfather. Although it would have been just cool if they just did a spaghetti dinner, um, like the recipe you get in the movie and then they'll be screening it. But independent local theaters do cool things like that. Um, we last weekend saw Candyman in theaters, the original. It was awesome. What a surprise. And uh, sometimes if you have a good theater or you probably have a good theater, but if you have um, a good curator, they can also curate with local collectors or nearby collectors to special screen 35 millimeter prints of old movies, which always looks great and is beautiful and just feels good uh and discussion with owning physical copies it's also just cool to see old movies in theaters as opposed to streaming them or checking them out and uh it's just nice and our theaters nearby are doing things like almost every week they're doing lawnmower man this week and yes i am definitely gonna go check that out it's gonna be a good time and so uh which the tagline for the sequel to me just cracks me up so check it up if check it out if you haven't seen it but they're doing stuff like this all the time they're doing scream at 35 during october so obviously i'm checking that out I wish it was Scream 2. That would have been dope. But um, yeah, do definitely check out whatever you got nearby. Uh, maybe you're out west and it's a little bit harder, but I'm sure there's got to be some independent theater nearby because um, there's just cool stuff about it. You talk to people about movies. It's it's just more intimate and personal. It's more community than just going to like an AMC to watch whatever's big. And I just think that's exciting in a world of streaming where even streaming movies aren't reliable anymore to, to get more into your community. So yeah, that is my strange, uh, weird, but good recommendation. Dan, you said you were going to recommend another Trattenberg. What, yeah. Which one? And, You're going to recommend uh, his portal short film from 2011. Which is why JJ Abrams picked him up and JJ Abrams also owns the rights to a portal film. Yet he just hasn't put two and two together. And Half Life. He. I don't know why he hasn't done it. Like why? Maybe he's waiting for 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 um for An them to finally Half-Life finish Half Life so he can figure yeah. out the story. So good luck with that. Um, now I'm going to recommend some of you may be familiar with his previous film, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Which have you seen this, Melvin? Yeah, I saw it in theaters, uh, and I like the ending. I like. Done. I do too. Good. I, I, it's the I weakest, think it's a good payoff. It's the weakest part, but it also it's kind of what makes it such a unique, interesting movie to me. Like, yeah, the tense thrill stuff is better, but like, it's a but part you, of what I'm recommending. It's, it's, it's so a perfect, tense because you don't know what's going to happen. Yes, um, <laughs> it's but it, it's a perfect example of how to make a great sequel in a franchise without just doing the same thing over and over. So that as legend has it. This was originally just a a um, screenplay called The, the Cellar, Cellar. partially written by Damien Chazelle, of all people. Oh, wow. Um, and so J.J. was picked up. and The original said, version has more jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just Ryan Gosling is trapped everyone making them listen, yeah. listen to his takes on music. Um, yeah. And 
so J.J. Abrams got the rights to the script and said, hey, let's make this a Cloverfield movie. <laughs> and so we have Dan Katzenberg yeah. and he makes this, this wonderfully amazing, tense people trapped in a basement thriller. Uh, Mary Louise Winstead is our lead actor here is Michelle and she's terrific in it. Uh, John Gallagher Jr. plays a guy who's there with her. But their true standout is John Goodman as the creepy, scary guy who is uh, in there with him. So some sort of disaster is happening. Wink, wink. Figure if you know what's happening based on the name of the movie. And uh, they all go to a bomb shelter, which is run by John Goodman, who's been preparing for the end times for a very long time. And so he has a fully stocked and furnished uh, 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 bomb shelter, including a large assortment of DDs and VHSs, which he politely asks them to put them back where they found them once they're done. Uh, he's a very quirky guy. And there's just a slow building throughout the whole movie of what's going on while there is some unknown disaster happening right outside. Um, so the ending is very divisive. Uh, Melvin and I both like it. Some yeah. people don't like it because it is tonally very different from the rest of the movie. But if you know it's coming... It's kind of neat to see it. So I personally found it to be fine. Um, it's great. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is just wonderful in it. John Goodman is just the best at these sorts of characters. Super good. Uh, really great. And so hence why I think Trachenberg is just the king of taking installments in franchises you might not want, think you want, and then making them something you really love. And also Barry McCreary does the music. I like Barry McCreary. So uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And if you have extra time, check out the other Predator films. Uh, even the ones you heard are bad, except for the one I haven't seen, The Predator. I think they're probably better than you remember. So, Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine. A special shout out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlyon, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck. We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.